Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, desire isn't enough for digitization. This desire to digitize is great. The, the urgency is there, but it needs to be anchored with identity and strong program and a good data set. Letting go of ownership means getting more opportunity. We really want to be able to be dispersed. We want to be resilient and available. We don't want to have to be depending on fix, fixing things in the middle of the night. You know, we, we can leverage our resources better and teach our workforce to really rely on the automation. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world, as well as the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. New data from NACIO shows that only 45% of states have a strategy in place to modernize their application portfolios. Pennsylvania CIO John McMillan says the small number shows a problem with how states are preparing for future workforce challenges. Analysts at the Mission Square Research Institute say many public sector workers continue to feel burnt out by the COVID-19 crisis. 44% of public sector workers report feelings of stress, according to the survey. In response, Michigan CIO Laura Clark says she's offering more flexible work arrangements, and Washington State CIO Bill Kehoe says he's encouraging staff to take some time off. State CIOs say smaller dollar projects can be just as influential as big ones. At NACIO's mid-year conference this week, Minnesota CIO Tarek Tomes said smaller projects and investments can sometimes dramatically improve services without the big investment. You can read these stories and more at statescoop.com and in today's show notes. The National Association of State Chief Information Officers says New York State CTO Rajiv Rao is its technology champion of 2022. The award is given annually. With it, the association recognizes an individual who, quote, furthers NACIO's vision of a government in which the public is fully served through the efficient and effective use of technology. Rao says part of how he's working toward that vision is changing digital services in New York State. The pandemic has taught us that uh, there is an expectation now that uh, digital services uh, is, uh, is here to stay. So we are starting to rethink uh, some of how services delivered to New Yorkers, how they're delivered and what's the best way to do that. So obviously there's going to be um, some applications and some systems that absolutely cannot go there and that will physically require folks to be present for that service. Uh, But for the most part, uh, everybody's taking a long, strong, hard look at, uh, at options to change how we deliver those services, how we reduce friction uh, in, in, in that space so that citizens are able to leverage these services through uh, digital channels like a be it a phone or an iPad uh, versus the traditional walk into a, a brick and mortar space and conduct your business. So be it the DMV or be it uh, unemployment or health and human services, we're looking at all of them right now. And when you're when you're making those decisions, right, obviously you're starting at a, you know, so much needs to be digitized. So when you're looking across the landscape, how are you making the decisions about what to prioritize, what to digitize when, and, and how to roll that out? So uh, we're prioritizing a little dis- differently, right? So we cannot be disruptive in this space. We have to continue to deliver services while you try to transform to this new medium or this new channel. So the best way to really try that out would be to take those services that are within that time period where they are in use. For example, people are buying state park passes now. So what are the opportunities? How do we open that channel up? And is there a way to do that differently and better? So we're looking at those as we go through the seasons 
to see how do we do bring new services in or new channels for those services without disrupting those transactions because the last thing you want to do is deny somebody the ability to conduct business with the state but at the same time try to inject the new channels in uh, and and see if that you know that that can take off in a way there's adoption and and uh, not disruption one of the things that people say a lot in this space is that we're, we're building the plane while we're flying it. And, and that's a good example of, yeah. of what you're talking about. But, but when you think about services, right, there are so many other competing priorities that you have going on as, in, as a CTO. So take something like modernization. Yeah. When you're looking at digital services, right, there, there's a big modernization component to that. Yeah. But how are you making sure all these things are being done in lockstep together? So where there's a modernization project already underway, we are taking a quick pause to make sure that we are accounting for lessons learned during the pandemic and we're making sure that we are delivering services in the way it's expected going forward. One. On the other side, not every application is going to get modernized, but certainly there are ways to bring the delivery of those services through this new medium as well. So you don't have to rewrite the whole application, but the presentation layer and the delivery uh, could be uh, adopted to, to be modified to account for uh, a digital service or at least a look and feel of a digital service. So not everything is going to get rewritten. Some are just going to be delivered differently uh, versus, uh, you know, a rewrite or a full transformation. And when you're looking at these digital services, I mean, what are some of the components that are going into that that rethink, that modernization? I mean, there's obviously the the, the presentation piece of the digital services, how people interact with them. Yeah. But then there are things like identity. There are things like, is it in the cloud? Is it in the data center? How are you making those decisions? What are some of the thought processes that you're having as right. you're doing so that? So you, you hit on, a, on the topic. Identity is going to be critical. Uh, as you open that up and you're not physically there versus you're doing this over uh, through a device like an iPhone or an iPad or a computer, identity becomes critical. Knowing who your customer is and who your uh, citizen is and then making sure that the appropriate uh, uh, transactions are conducted, uh, identity becomes core and it becomes an anchor for digital. So the state's undertaken an effort to rationalize ID and then to try to improve the uh, uh, ID proofing level of the citizen account. So we have a certain degree of confidence into who that person is, um, make, get those identity services to a place of maturity where MFA becomes a thing. So as we start to introduce these services, you want to start to inject a more mature identity platform along with it so that uh, we absolutely are certain that we're delivering services to the right people. And how do, you know, identity projects like what you're talking about, how does that all fit in with sort of, I mean, you, you've been at ITS for a couple of, a decent amount of time. Uh, how does that fit in with sort of the trajectory that the office has been on, you know, from the last couple of years to this present moment? Good, great question. So identity was always on our roadmap. Uh, the, the need to digitize has accelerated the need to complete the identity project to, to provide frictionless services or improve delivery of services so there's less friction in, in how you get to that service and then also to uh, prevent fraud. Fraudulent, you know, we've seen that in, during the pandemic. There's a lot of horrific stories about how people game systems and things like that. So. Uh, that certainly was an eye-opener in terms of identity needs to be stronger. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of push advocate for MFA, uh, but we got to be careful. Turning on MFA is easy. Check a box and you say MFA is on, but at what risk? We've got to factor in the equity component. You cannot say MFA and then everybody's going to be able to use it. 
what happens to those that cannot leverage those channels that MFA is delivered on? Do they then not get the service? That's not the mission, right? The mission really is to deliver state services. So be pragmatic, make sure we absolutely are doing no harm in our uh, uh, strong desire to improve our security posture. We cannot then have no options available for those that don't avail of those services in those channels. So equity becomes an important design component in what we do. And so, yes, we'll be moving forward in the direction, but we also will have options for, for those that don't use those channels. So we don't deny them services. And, you know, I think the equity piece is a good, uh, a good segue. I mean, uh, probably the most prominent and public digital service that New York has worked on over the last couple of years has been Excelsior Pass. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn from that project that you're now, you know, baking into the strategies that you take toward digital services? Uh, excellent question. So on the Excelsior wallet, it took us a while uh, to get it fine-tuned to where people could actually get those records. These are your immunization records. And so absolutely, it was paramount that we uh, we're making sure we were giving the right record to the right individual. So what that clearly showed to us is that our data structures need to be really good. We need to have good, uh, solid data uh, about uh, the program as well as the uh, citizen in terms of being able to match those things. And identity, of course, wherever we have a good identity system, we could easily start to match those records against that. So this desire to digitize is great. The, the urgency is there but it needs to be anchored with identity and strong program and a good data set, not having information. For example, if the system has your information but has no uh, cell phone number or a, a SMS option, how do I invoke MFA? So that's, that's, a, that's a, you know, a, a small example of the data quality. It's highly important that we have a good data set uh, before we start to say we're going to put these controls in because you could put the controls in, not have the data, and then you'll be starting to deny people uh, availability of that service. So, um, great question. Those are less, some of the lessons we learned. And so, great amount of work goes into making sure before we turn something on, the data is robust. And I, you know, last, last question on data. I mean, data is also having a moment right now, right? We've, we've seen the rise of the chief data officer. Yeah. We've seen the rise, of the, sort of that shift from open data to yeah now using data for things like machine learning and, mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and RPA. Um, when you're looking at the, the challenge that data presents in this context, uh, what are you doing to, to make stuff happen and to, to get everything in line so that you can execute quicker? So first off, let me touch on the uh, chief data officer. New York is going to be announcing a chief data officer shortly. Uh, that's in its, in its final stages of getting uh, finalized. So. Yes, for, for we, the, the, the one thing I learned from the, from the two years through the pandemic was with good data, we could go that much faster in terms of delivering services and making sure uh, we, we got the maximum outreach with that data. So um, not only for, um, for delivery of services, in terms of automation, having good data, it helps us you know, deliver consistent back office processes and things like that having good data. Now let's just take data in the sense of uh, security telemetry. Having that allows us to react and, 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 and focus on areas where we need to focus on uh, from a cyber perspective as well. So data is an underlying foundational thing. Without, without good data, you're kind of handicapped uh, in delivering quality services. Rajiv Rao, the Chief Technology Officer for the State of New York, talking to me this week at NASIO's Mid-Year Conference in Maryland.
You can read more about him and his work in New York State at statescoop.com and in today's show notes. I'm Jake Williams, host of Statescoop's Priorities Podcast. Next week on the show, Indiana CIO Tracy Barnes weighs in on collaboration with local government. You can subscribe to the podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Massachusetts CIO Kurt Wood is looking at the state's opportunities after the pandemic to continue the state's momentum around IT modernization. Wood says his department has seen increases in productivity and increasing customer satisfaction. He wants to keep that momentum going. I talked to Wood about what's next for his team post-pandemic. You know, coming out of the pandemic, uh, you know, certainly and I reference back to the pandemic, you know, I think, you know, looking at, you know, the IT organization across our state and certainly, uh, I presume, across many states, you know, called to do many things that they weren't used to doing uh, in a day-to-day uh, routine. Uh, and I think certainly the business side, our agency side, delivering the citizen services was certainly, uh, you know, called to do some extraordinary uh, things as well and adapt to the, to the environment. Uh, so I think, you know, both organizations, you know, are both entities, both from the IT side and from our agency leadership and our business side, really working together more collaboratively uh, and really understanding and sensing the purpose of the mission. Uh, you know, really at the end of the day, what we've talked about and what we've kind of done an autopsy on over the past several months and gone, de- gone back to some very basics about, you know, what is our real mission in government, state government, at the state IT organization or, or a local IT organization or, or the agency. It's really about making sure that, you know, our citizens, our visitors, our residents and businesses of our state, you know, have access to the services they need. And that really, I think, really transformed the thinking. I think we take things for granted sometimes. And I think during this pandemic, it allowed us to really kind of, you know, work closer together, grow better relationships, uh, depend on each other more. And I think as important, you know, to respect each other's purpose and mission, and then really work together to deliver those services. Really sense of community. You know, I saw this with not only our agencies and certainly with our IT organization, but I also saw it from our vendor partners as well, that, you know, we all really came together uh, during this time to really make sure that, you know, we had the appropriate uh, attention and focus to make sure that people could get access to government uh, when they needed it, where they were, as opposed to standing in line, you know, and, and just think differently. It allowed us to just think differently about everything. And I think that is, I think that's transferred to today. Now, again, we're certainly still struggling with certain areas and we're still dealing with, you know, health issues and, you know, public service issues. But, you know, I think the workforce from an IT perspective and our agencies have thought differently about this. You know, we've moved into a future work environment now where in our state, we have a hybrid workforce. You know, our governor is committed to, you know, uh, delivering services in a different way. It's challenged our organization to think differently about, you know, online services, uh, you know, more mobile-friendly environment, you know, for folks to be able to access government, you know, on their on their phone or their tablet, uh, not standing in line, of course. Uh, it's allowed our workforce uh, to be remote, uh, to work hybrid. You know, it, it's a lot, I think it's done a great thing for our workforce, both from a non-IT and IT, you know, we have folks that, you know, can work remotely, <clears throat> they don't have to come into the office, they don't have to deal with as much, you know, traffic and congestion, uh, you know, we've been able to roll out a new environment that allows for that, uh, and it's the productivity we see is greater, uh, and we, you know, the user satisfaction surveys we've done with our, our you know, the people that access our services, we, we see steadily, you know, increased uh, favorability, uh, not everything's perfect, you know, we've implemented, you know, some automation, some chatbots, and some easier access to services uh, that, you know, we built up 
during the pandemic that we've that we've kept. So I think you know we're going in the right direction. Uh, we'll continue this you know evolution, you know, and it's really driving our strategy. Think about what we're going to do in the future. So I want to dive into some of that. I mean, first of all, uh, <clears throat> we are in, in an interesting moment for a couple of reasons. One, I, I mean, we're uh, feeling some sense of a return to normalcy, mm -hmm. and you know, I want to talk about that collaboration mm -hmm. and that coming together that happened during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. How are you working, you know, at a at a cultural level, at yeah. a people level, to make sure that we don't go back to normal in that way and that that yeah. collaboration keeps going yeah. and that that working together keeps happening. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, in, in that regard about, you know, going backwards, I think that's always a concern. You know, uh, you know, I've been in government many years and I think that's always a concern with me of, you know, getting complacent uh, or, or going backwards, you know, and not keeping up that, you know, uh, commitment to what you've, you've improved on. So, you know, in our organization and our administration, you know, we've certainly committed to, I think the big thing is our, our executive leadership you know, within Massachusetts has committed to this. We have purposely talked about, you know, how we will work in our workforce. You know, we, you know, we, we recognize our community in Massachusetts. We work with our business community. Certainly in Massachusetts, you know, we have a lot of high tech companies. We have a lot of business in Massachusetts. You know, we're working with our cities and towns. You know, our political leadership and our legislative, you know, teams are working together to understand this and to work this. And our workforce is really kind of doing the same thing on, this, on the state side. And from my organization, really building out our strategic plan, uh, you know, we're working with our folks to make sure that they understand it, giving people opportunity. And I think what's also been successful for us is that they're actually seeing the benefits of this program, both from a delivery of service, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, most of the folks that, you know, deliver these services, if not all, they want to make sure the service is actually delivered appropriately. You know, we have champions in state government for folks, you know, that, that need these services. We've recognized that. I think you know it, it's it's gelled the state workforce. It, it's gelled our cabinet, our 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 uh, you know our agency leadership, and really making sure that we really stay focused on this. And honestly, we've been able to deliver the services better, uh, quicker, and and, and, they're, and they're better received. So I, I think you know those are areas that we'll keep continuing. You know we work and structure budgets that way. You know our workforce, our technology planning. So all that is really around this future of work and making sure that we can deliver these services and continue to deliver the services the way people need them. So sort of with all that in mind, you're talking about, you know, the future of work. You've, you talked earlier, you mentioned automation and mm -hmm. chatbots. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, with all of that collaboration mm -hmm. uh, in mind as well, I'm, I'm curious, you know, how does all of that sort of fit into your modernization strategy from a tech perspective, yeah. right? Because a lot of these newer and emerging technologies like automation and chatbots yeah. really require some investment and some time to, right. to make sure the infrastructure is right. Right. So, you know, the investments we've we've made, and I, I would say that you know, prior to the pandemic, you know, we had a we had a plan uh, for modernization. You know, from replacing our legacy systems. You know, we were we were an early adopter into cloud. You know, uh, and really thinking about you know, uh, you know, again going back to that very basic. You know, what is what is government service? What's the purpose of it? How do you deliver it? You know, we talk about you know what are the fundamentals and the pillars of that, and we all agree that you know it's really about availability it's about access and how do you actually get that well you know we've got a we've got a plan that talks about that really thinks about kind of you know resiliency that's another term i think that's come back in to play um, you know resiliency and you know sustainability you know everything we've worked towards is to make sure that our technology foundation framework allows for that uh, you know whether it be the cloud whether it be public private cloud whether it be infrastructure or service platform you know, trying to take a little bit of the human dependency out of things while balancing 
that as well, because certainly we have to have a workforce that manages it and supports it. We need to build up expertise in that area. But there's also an understanding that you know we can you know move forward with better tools and better equipment, you know, different environments. You know, we don't really want to be in the state data center business anymore. We really want to be able to be dispersed, we want to be resilient and available. We don't want to have to be depending on fix, fixing things in the middle of the night. You know, we, we can leverage our resources better and teach our workforce to really rely on the automation uh, and repurpose the skill sets and focus on areas that we need to. You know, cybersecurity is a perfect example. You know, we've, we invest a lot in automation, uh, but we invest a lot in our cybersecurity staff as well to make sure that we can focus and prioritize what needs to get done versus trying to spin through cycles of trying to figure out what to do. So that is taking some time, but we're making progress there. And I think that's true throughout. I think at the end of the day, when we talk about business delivery and service delivery, if our workforce can focus on and concentrate on you know, those premier services that are the most impactful and most beneficial to our citizens and our businesses, it's a win. So I think everybody there and our legislature certainly understands it. Our administration is focusing their budgetary and their strategic roadmap versus that as well again improved services better user experience you know for our citizens and businesses and how do you do that you have to have that collective and collaborative framework from technology and from the agency leadership and that's what's really come together the last couple of years and a new sense of purpose so we're very excited about where we're going in massachusetts and you know we'll have a new administration coming in next year you know i'll be working on a transition plan with these folks and you know hopefully you know, we'll look at this, you know, you know what, what we've invested in. We've invested millions of dollars over the past several years, hundreds of millions of dollars in this, uh, you know, journey. And, you know, really thinking about, you know, new opportunities for the next administration to carry on, you know, the continuity of services uh, in, a, in a professional and, a, and uh, you know, caring way. Massachusetts CIO Curtis Wood speaking with me at NASIO's Mid-Year Conference this week in National Harbor. You can read more about Wood's work on IT in Massachusetts at statescoop.com and in today's show notes. The Priorities Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, please leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. It makes it more likely that more people like you will find the show. Priorities is a product of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney helped put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for